Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We started looking at Psalm 63, Colin, to uh, understand a little bit more about the character and nature of God. And, uh, well, we're still in Psalm 63 today, I think. Yes, we we really got (laughs) caught on what it really means to hunger after God, to thirst for for the Lord. Uh, David says in in verse 3 of Psalm 63, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Well, if we continued our conversation of yesterday, those are the words of someone who knows the Lord. Those are someone who has a real relationship with God. That 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 sort of sums it up. Well, if you know the Lord, you know that his love is better than life. Whatever whatever purpose you can create for yourself, whatever the world can offer you, whatever um, purpose you can, can uh, create, God's will, God's plan, God's purpose is infinitely greater. And when you move in concert, in harmony with God, your, your heart is is filled with praise for him. And he does indeed satisfy you with the richest of foods. You know, I sometimes say to to people in kingdom faith, there's nobody on earth that is richer than you are. And that's true. I mean, not not in, in worldly terms. But you see, what does the scripture say? Scripture says that we have the fullness of life in Christ, that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, that um, we lack nothing good. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I mean, we have everything if we have Christ. In fact, Paul says, all things are yours uh, when you belong to the Lord. And, And you see, that's that's it. Uh, we are the richest people on earth because we have not only God's provision and care and love in this world, but we have eternal life and we have an eternal destiny with him. So wonderful. Well, it's quite a statement because your love is better than life. I mean, to be able to say that, you've got to be pretty convinced, haven't you? Yes, but if you know the Lord, it's not hard to say that. I mean, so, I so he's found a real power. Your, your love for me is better than life. I mean, it's obvious, actually. Uh, there's nothing life could offer that was in any way um, compared with the love of God. And I, as I look back, I think, well, we, we brought our children up to know that, see? And all of our children are now pastors. They all love the Lord. Uh, they're always serving the Lord in wonderful ways. Why? Because right from the earliest time that they can remember, um, everything in their lives revolved around the Lord because everything in our lives revolved around the Lord. And they learned, well, the love of God is better than life. So they all really love him now and 
God does such wonderful things in their lives. So again, a real uh, cure for restlessness. Well, I guess it carries on in that vein, Colin. Yes. Um, you know, David says, You are my help. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. It's, it's living in this constant relationship with him and, and walking with him. And, uh, you know, if you move on to Psalm 65, um, O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those who choose, uh, you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Uh, I just want to say to all those listening who are already born again, who really know the Lord, do you understand the great privilege that God has given you? that you are living in Christ and Christ is living in you, that he has chosen to bring you near to him and to make you his own. And to any listening who, who don't know the Lord in that way, the reason why you are listening at this moment is because God wants you to know him in that way. So, you know, you can have this wonderful privilege. All you have to do is to give and surrender your life to the Lord you give your life to him and he will give your life to you. And how does he know that you've given your life to him? Because he sees what is in your heart. And he sees that act of surrender where you say, Lord, I want your will for my life, not mine. I want you to forgive all my sins and, and all the, the sins of the past where I've just lived for myself and not for you. And now I surrender to you and your plan, your purpose, your will for my life. Come and live in me and, and work through me in the way that you have desired. And God will do that, and that's wonderful. This is an interesting psalm because it also talks about God's care for the land if we look down to verse 9. Now, what do you make of this? Well, you see, um, God's purpose is for all creation. Now, each one of us, because actually we are so self-centered, really, we, we tend to see first and foremost um, God's plan as being relevant for our own individual personal lives. No, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's essential. That's what we've been saying. But of course, God's plan for my life cannot be separated from God's plan for the church to which I belong or God's plan for the whole of his church or God's plan for this nation or God's plan for the nations. You see, he only has one plan that he is working out in the whole of creation. And that plan will come to a climax when Jesus comes again and then when there's the establishing of the new heaven and the new earth where everything will acknowledge the Lord, where he will reign in sovereign might and majesty for all eternity. So um, this is God's plan that he's bringing into effect. So his plan for my life, his plan for your life, his plan for everybody's life who's listening is to be part of that grand plan. So, you know, God has a plan for the nation. You look at what is happening in the nation now where so many things seem to be in opposition to God's will, and you think, well, what's God's plan for this nation? Well, watch and see, because God hasn't finished with Britain. He hasn't finished with 
people from the other nations that are listening, and God will certainly uh, fulfill what he has planned to do right from the very outset. And that involves the land as well. Absolutely. Uh, because, um, you know, what is the land? The land is really the people, isn't it? It's not just it's not just the territory. It's the people that live there. A nation is the people that, that uh, live in the land. Uh, but, you see, God orders his creation in order to provide for people to enable them to fulfill his plan and his purpose. So you can't, you can't divorce uh, one thing from the other, really. I mean, God only has this one plan that incorporates the whole of creation and incorporates, therefore, the whole of humanity. And he is working out that purpose. And, and I believe it's such a wonderful, wonderful privilege to be born again and therefore to be part of the purpose that God is working out in all creation. We're talking about the character and nature of God and trying to understand and discover what that is. So when we read these verses in Psalm 65 about God caring for the land and watering it, the streams of God are filled with water, etc., for the person who says, well, I can't see God, I can't see him anywhere at all, is this where to look? <laughs> is he everywhere? Is he uh, you know, we're, obvious? We're, well, we're in a period now where people are, are fearful that it could be drought, you know, this year in Britain. And I can remember the the last drought period uh, that, that we were in. And um, I was staying uh, when I was ministering in another part of Britain, uh, actually staying with a farmer. And um, uh, because of the drought, everybody was having such poor crops. And this man's crops, this Christian farmer's crops, were the best he'd ever had. And he said it was almost embarrassing that everybody could see his crops were so good and all the surrounding farms were really in a destitute way. And he said what he'd done was when the drought began, he had literally walked all the way around the circumference uh, of his fields praying and praising God and thanking him that the Lord would water his crops and um, and that he would have a good yield. So um, he, he told me he, he saw this happening, but he couldn't understand how it was happening. And so he said to the Lord, well, Lord, I can see that my crops are so much better than, than the surrounding area, but how are you doing it? And the Lord simply said to him, I'm watering them from underneath. You see, no rain had fallen, but God was watering his crops from underneath. Now, you see, he is the God of creation. He can do anything. He even promises that in times of famine, he will provide for those who trust in him. You can't outsmart the Lord, can you? You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 